We help you discover your many layers. You peel your car, you wake up, with fresh eyes. Question life, question humanity, question society, but most of all, question yourself. Katya is the founder of International Socially Engaged Art Symposium. Each year, she invites artists, researchers, and documenters to work with local communities and explore possibilities and methods that mediate environmental conflicts. We're happy to have Katya with us on this episode of Onions Talk Changemakers. I'm uh, Katja Juhol and I'm based in uh, Finland, in south, south of Finland, and um, I have organized this kind of socially engaged art symposium since 2017. It's now coming August will be our fourth socially engaged art symposium in actually this time it will be in Lapland. Uh, basically, I'm an artist who's very interested about the community art and also uh, dialogical art, like uh, and co- collaborate with uh, different people from different backgrounds and uh, scientists. And basically, I would like to do something good for our globe. <laughs> <laughs> can you um, can you say the name of um, the symposium? Yeah, it's called ICES and it comes from the International Socially Engaged Arts Symposium. So can you bring me through your journey? So how did you how did you get into socially engaged arts? What what was what was your motivation? What was your purpose? How did you end up starting the symposium? I think I've been an artist always and as I suppose as uh, many artists has become begun the career it it has been painting and for me the colors has been the most kind of like uh, effective tool when I was a younger age and then I also been always very interested about our environmental situation and I after I graduated from the high school I didn't go to the art school even I was so sure I will do I I, that time I thought when I was in my 20s I thought that okay it's more important that I will I will first study something what will be based off my life and that's why I went to study organic farming I wanted to live in the countryside I wanted to work uh, live kind of community style and uh, very humble way and and grow my vegetables myself and do as much as less harm as possible for our globe and then um, after I graduated from this uh, gardening school organic gardening school or farming school I I decided to go and study more art because it has always been my passion and uh, I started to study art uh, in uh, in art school, what was the class was uh, environmental and community art, and suddenly I realized, okay, that was in two thousand seven or something like that. I think two thousand seven. I graduated. Maybe I went to school two thousand six or something like that. And then I realized, okay, this community art is something what's really involved my whole life together because I have always really loved to travel in different cultures and I also have loved it's like basically my my uh, this uh, organic farming and living in the countryside and then the art and it kind of combined everything (laughs) and I understood okay this is something what I want to learn more and do more interesting I didn't know that um you started the organic farm before before going into the arts more actually. But I, oh yeah. Can you, can well, you I, I actually that? maybe. Hmm. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Um. Maybe can you explain a little bit of that journey? How How did you decide where where to be based and where to go to to start the farm? Which Which community? And then how was that process? Well, maybe, well, I was quite young that time. I was just graduated from the high school. I went to study this biodynamics uh, farming in Helsinki, what is in the capital in Finland. And that was a two-year studies. Um, That time, I also met my future husband, and he was based in the... something like 100 kilometers west of Helsinki. And uh, 
and after I met him, uh, we started our our garden together. So it has it it is kind of based for that that I also at that time I also met my husband, and that's why I I created our garden together with him. And then back back then, around which year was that? And because I'm really was, that was ninety four when I graduated, and I, that was ninety six or ninety seven when we settled down here in Mustio Rasepore in southern Finland, and we start our garden. So it's already some twenty six years ago. <laughs> you know what I found really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 25. Uh, but yeah. you know, what I find really curious is that, I mean, now it's, now climate change is such a hot topic, but then like back, back 26 years ago, you, you were already super conscious of this. And yeah, it was a big issue already that time, not maybe the climate change, but anyway, for me, it was a kind of this environmental thing. They were already, and because my husband is older than me and already when he was studying and like kind of like choosing choosing his lifestyle it was already that time there has always been people who has been more concerned about the, how our globe and our world our, our environment and how to live the life more sustainable and not harm our nature i think it has always been maybe the minority more or less like uh, when we were young but uh, at the moment, maybe it has a little bit rise up more. What also also makes me, of course, happier. <laughs> mm. Can you um, tell me more about your lifestyle and what it's like in the countryside? Um, how how does the farm work? Yeah, it's quite interesting because I kind of feel like when we're talking about this ICS, what I have created this socially engaged art symposium. Actually, mm-hmm. my lifestyle is a bit similar with my garden thing because we also invite the woofers and woofers are kind of like a, a free willing people how do you say mm. volunteers yeah exactly sorry my english is not it's a bit crappy but vol- volunteers are coming around the world to stay lo- sometimes quite long time like uh, three two three months with us and it's not only the gardening what they are learning they are also living in this same house where you were here living in this our uh, Sulham house and it's also how you share your share your knowledge you share your household you share your knowledge you share, you learn something but always when you learn something you also keep something so it's kind of exchange all the time but I think in my in my time having this organic garden, we probably have had like hundreds of people, young people passing by and staying with us. And I always wanted to learn, teach them how to do organic farming, how to live the life more sustainable. And also, of course, it has also been always kind of involved with the art because even we haven't been doing art, I have always probably talked about art because art has always been such a big thing and issue for me. And then did any of these volunteers or youths go back and start their own organic farm? Do you know of any of them who did it? Oh, I'm sorry, I missed you. Can you um, repeat, please? Did any of the young people, the volunteers, yeah. go, go back home and start their own organic farm? Uh, mm, I, I don't know exactly. Many of them has been anyway, if they didn't do business of their own they've been continuing the same kind of lifestyle and they've been working in other farms or 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 going doing more volunteering or doing something else what is like uh, involved with the art and sustainable living living if not the doing the organic garden as a business it would be more more or less hobby but it's anyway i think it has always kind of like uh, having quite a strong impact for them Mm-hmm. And then how did how did you decide to start ICS? Uh, it was kind of like kind of like coincidence, and uh, because when I I wanted to do my master thesis for the art, I I needed to kind of uh, find some kind of thing or subject what 
would, where would I do my master thesis in art? And at that time, I had I I first involved uh, I was first joining the International Art Symposium in Naples in Scampia 2013. And from while I was participating there, it was also socially engaged art, what I did there. And I kind of first time, it was also first time for me to involve with this, uh, so, uh, this art symposium. So I kind of understood it's such an amazing possibility to share like time with other artists from the different cultures. Even we don't have the same language, we could still communicate because you are not only participating one intervention, you are actually living with them. It means that you are having breakfast, you are having the evenings together, you are sharing the conversation. And if you are struggling with something, the the other artists would help you and also give the perspective. We were changing so much knowledge. And I kind of understood that time that maybe as an artist, Finnish artist living alone in the countryside, I, I was so e eager to have this kind of community that gives me the possibility to talk about art and do things together. And then I understood that, okay, this, mainly the art symposiums, international art symposiums in the world, they are, they are mainly based with the artists doing the painting or something that they are doing like kind of like uh, own artworks but I wanted to create it a little bit differently that the artist and after all after after a while I also invited the scientists scientists that they will cooperate together and I, I wanted to kind of like develop this thing and that was my master thesis for this and it, that's how I started the ICS that was 2017. What I find really interesting was, I mean, last year I was I was there in Finland participating in um, in, in the symposium with with everyone, and there there was there were two levels of community. It was it wasn't just between us within us as artists, but it was also with researchers with the scientists, which I mean them they, they also come from a, a different discipline or field, but it was essentially all about human connection. And then there was also the added engagement, which is with the local community, which for me, I, I was doing a quite a lot of research into participatory art and I, and I know how important it is to be based locally in, for a longer period of time so that you can really engage with your community. So in terms of engaging on a short term, I was quite skeptical. And also I didn't speak Finnish, so being able to somehow manage to communicate with the kindergarten children, I was really, I was really amazed and surprised but also it was something that was beyond words or language it was it was this this connection like I, th I think it was just simply this this genuine human connection that you feel with people and to actually have that that precious period of time over one and a half weeks to to deeply engage to converse and to be able to share something like that for me was what was really beautiful about the symposium and and if and i want I, I wonder if you could you know explain a little bit more about the community engagement work that you managed to coordinate with the people in the the different communities in the village like there were the mothers there were there was the kindergarten there were the the high school students how did you come up with the idea how did you how did you go around engaging with the communities and getting them involved what were what were your intentions behind it yeah uh it was not the first time when i was working with this uh, in this village with the socially engaged art i think i did my first uh, community-based artwork uh, something like 2008 or something so it's already like more than 10 years ago and uh, of course uh, as an as a local artist i'm quite well known in this area and also the people also know my my way of work and totally i have organized here let me say six, before this last year ICS, i have organized six community-based art happening here in this village and it's a quite a lot and it all happened like past 10 years so and all of them has been very successful 
even it's only me who's saying that, but anyway, I also feel like that. And I think the, also Pablo Helguera has said that, uh, that uh, mainly when we're talking about the community-based art or socially engaged art, it's also quite important that you, you create the trust and the trust cannot be created with very short time. But if I've been living in this village 25 years, I have had time to create this art, uh, this trust. And also like even I invite you and you stayed only here this one and a half week, the trust has been built already a long time ago and with a long process. So it was kind of like easy for me to organize things here. And like you said, that uh, that you couldn't speak the language together with the with the people that you need you needed to use other art-based uh, tools what can be like playing or dancing or this what we call about this what we talk about when we talk about dialogical art it's not only like when you are talking with the language it's also all verbal it's also how you act what is your presence how do you use your hands if you dance if you smile what is every every kind of expressions so that's communicating and uh, like if we talk about the last years where you were involved, we had almost, I think we were including almost 20 people living in this tiny little humble house. And it was three interventions what we did. It was this uh, fresh water pearl muscle team. And then there was this, uh, this meadows and wood pasture team. And then there was this uh, circle economy team where you were involved. Mm -hmm. And plus that, we had a mentor with us who was who was helping us to go through with the difficult situation or also challenging us and making questionnaires. And plus that, then we have the, this uh, documentary team with us. And uh, uh, everything was kind of pre-planned as well as it possible, but at the same time, it was left quite quite a lot of freedom for the artist and this uh, researcher or science sciences to do what they want together. So it was kind of like balancing with the freedom and um, strict strict schedule. But as you were talking about it, you were quite surprised how it was possible. But I would like to remind you that the, you were writing me the reflection where you said at some point you were like a little bit wondering how do you how can you do it? And then you had the discussion with Tony White, who was working in another intervention with freshwater water pearl mussels. And with this discussion, you get more more empowered that okay there is a reason why you are here mm -hmm. so this is basically what ICS is you are you are working as a single solid person you are working with uh, your own group but then you are also working with the larger ICS group and then you are working with the community and doing community-based uh, art. And after this community, what is in, of course, we can see quite well what is impact for the community when you come from the Singapore and you are telling your background for these children and doing the art together with them and involved with them. But after that, we have also write uh, science uh, articles and book and also we had this exhibition and the newspaper came and things like that so we wanted to really spread this word a little bit larger audience but of course this we cannot never know how many how 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 widely it's going so i'm i'm gonna go back go on the point of impact after but i wanted to just give a little bit of context for listeners of this podcast. So last year I was in the circular economy team and we were we were tasked with this mission to, to teach circular economy to kindergarten children. While I think only two, no, actually it was just me and the team who didn't speak Finnish. And, um, and it was just, we, we had such a difficult time thinking about how we could do that in a way where the kids who were so young could understand but also in a way where we, we weren't just giving all the hard facts of climate change to, to these really young kids. So how, how could we ethically do it in a way where we could still protect a little bit of their innocence, but then not, not in, a, in a pacifying way of um, saying that, you know, it's all going to be all right, but, you know, what, what is it about circular economy that is important? And, and then we thought about it for a really long time. It was 
it was super difficult in the first two days of discussions. And then we did, we thought about play, you know, like that that was the the way that we could we could go around if we if we use elements of play in in this um in 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 the couple of days that we are engaging with the children and if we could devise games where they could learn about the impacts of um of climate change or or the forestry um industry and then also bringing in the importance of circular economy and how you can use it in your daily lives like making toys from things that you collect in in the woods in the forest and and then i remember and because it was so different culturally for me that there was a there was a very profound impact of me from for me growing up in a city like singapore where it's pretty much a concrete jungle and it was at at your garden your your greenhouse that i plucked my very own vegetables for the first time in my life and to step on soil and not even know how a potato plant looked i remember hugo and i we were just we just spent 30 minutes looking for a potato plant because we didn't know how it looked and we didn't know where to dig and and then having that sort of space where you're so close to nature you're right next to forest and and sleeping at night in a place that is completely dark that doesn't have traffic noise and then looking at these kids who are not afraid to fall down they they just play they they fall they get up again they continue and then they've got parts of um, their curriculum where they just go into the forest and they they do walks they understand the sun the nature how how everything affects each other the ecosystem the animals that's around and they instinctively know where to go to find blueberries they they know their their physical natural environment which for me it's so foreign because I grew up in such a such a nicely curated space in in cities where you know if if we go into a park we have one one concrete road and then we've got trees at the sides of it and then we've got some playgrounds or some exercise equipments and that that's a park for me you know it's just rows of trees and being in a place like like Finland in in that village itself it was it was really it was really deep for me and then also at the end of it i remember on the final day that we were engaging with the kids i was drawing out my experience in singapore and sharing how how different it is from the reality that they're used to which is just being in nature and be, having such a close relationship with nature and then reflecting on how much i feel like i'm i've missed out on that was that was super impactful for me as as an individual i don't know how much the the children got out of out of that experience that i shared but just on on that level itself i learned a lot from that cultural or even environmental exchange and i i want to talk to you about to so this next point on on impact you've been doing it for a number of years what do you think is the impact not just on the artists but also on the community that that you've been working with yeah i would like to remind you that uh, you were not only working with the uh, with these young children you were also working with the marthas mm-hmm. and marthas they were i would say they were approximately maybe 70 years old ladies and so the the art art the art intervention or the art thing what you did with the children and martas it was it had also actually quite many levels first of all you were creating together with the with the three other members in your team this uh, this intervention what you did and so you were affecting or affecting with the each others and also the, the other uh, artists in this same house this uh, residence or I see as time, but also you were you were doing doing it together with these Martas, these elderly women, and and they were actually they were Swedish speaking, and when the children were Finnish speaking, and you were you your group was uh, doing in English, so you had three languages to cooperate it there, and uh, and like you said that you wanted to share this knowledge with the circular economy that was your theme and i think the mart has also got a lot of knowledge about it because it's kind of like you were also exchanging with them because the martas has this kind of knowledge already like 100 years ago even they didn't use that kind of new name as a circular economy what is nowadays more fashion but it's kind of like 
old way of doing things that you don't waste things that you value the things what you are using that's kind of like really going back 400 years ago so it's also this kind of new term circular economy it's actually bringing back the old knowledge and that's why you were working together with the artists and the natural expert uh, uh, together with these young children and I think these young children they also learn it from from you like for them if you are thinking that you we are in Finland with this very kind of homogenic country we we are not seeing a lot of uh, cultural exchange especially when we are in a in a countryside and then suddenly we have somebody some artist from Singapore it's it's quite important impact also for the children and like you saw it they wanted to stay they wanted to be nearby you they wanted to play with you and and after all they learned to speak also a little bit English with you mm-hmm. and I think this was also even you were trying to produce this circular economy but at the same time it was also cultural exchange for all the participants mm-hmm. and I think it was also as important your presence also for the Martas it's like uh, and also the other artists it's not so it's always it's in Finland at least artists are not always involved with the with the school children or this kind of project it's always kind of like speciality so it's something it was a exchanging thing with many levels and now I forgot what you were actually asking me (laughs) (laughs) so you need to repeat your question so I was asking about the impact on the artists and also the community. Yeah, well, maybe I actually answer it for that mm. too. Yeah, I think that's 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 about it. That of course my idea is that to kind of like shared knowledge because I think all the people has kind of knowledge and and like these elderly women here, this Martha Society, they had have this knowledge and they were sharing this knowledge for you guys and also for the for the this. Uh, small children but also also the teacher in this kindergarten they were learning a lot and it was kind of like uh, and as I said already earlier that it's also it's not stopping there what you were doing because we were doing the video project about it so we were also share it in uh, social media and we were also having an exhibition in an art gallery in a local art gallery and we were what was showing you what you were doing and also also uh yeah yeah even this podcast here is something that we are still uh, sharing our knowledge and we are hoping of course that this kind of cooperating will will affect more and more because i really trust this kind of thing that when we are we are people are together from uh, different countries different knowledge and we can share it it will also we are bigger as we would be alone. Do you know if the Maras continued going to the kindergarten after after the symposium? Because I remember we were we were talking and then and then at some point um, the mother said that they would they would go to the kindergarten and do some of the activities um, with yeah. us, with the children. And then a couple of them did mention that they would like to continue that with the kids. At the moment, I'm not sure. And also, we, when we got this corona thing, and these ladies were oh. elderly, so I'm I'm doubting. But now I must say that I don't know. But I think this corona situation has changed the situation a lot. How how has it been in in the village with corona? Well, I haven't really realized much, except that it's very easy for Finnish people to isolate it. It's like <laughs> There's no problem for us. If somebody says, please don't talk, don't go nearby people, we are very easily solid. No problem at all. And I think we have, we are one of those countries who didn't get really affected almost at all. Interesting. I think it's part of our mindset. Don't meet people. Okay, it's great. I will be in my cave. Interesting. Like there is a joke about it that uh, when this corona story stopped that uh, we can stay normal, that we don't need to stay anymore ne- like two meters away from each other. Can we start to be again this five meters <laughs> away from each other? 
Interesting. And then, so another thing that's interesting about your symposium is the that you managed to bring in researchers and scientists into the project. Maybe you want to elaborate more about this through one of the examples, like maybe the muscles team? Yeah, it's not really easy task for me because as, as an artist, I'm very familiar with the art world. And I think uh, between the artists and like if you, it's kind of a like easy way to do things that you go in unaccepted you know the circumstances like this that you are not sure what's gonna happen that's kind of like very very familiar for the artist way to do and work so and also because i'm an artist and i have done project with many artists i know a lot of artists but if i need to find the researchers from the hydrobiological thing or something like that it's it's like i'm going like really out of my own experience field and how do i how do i tell them that this is really good thing that you should come and join me that yes i'm doing art and it's just like it's not very easy but i think so i've been thinking that actually the creator as i'm working also in this ideas the creator must be also quite the seller man that you need to yeah. you need to sell your concept that this is important if you don't know yourself what kind of things gonna happen because it's impossible to know what's gonna happen you never know so so you need to kind of create the trust that this is important and this is something new and this is gonna like you said yourself in the beginning of this that you were thinking it's almost impossible how can you in a, such a short time to create any kind of uh, uh, work with these people and if you don't know them if you don't know the community and i think that it's the same with the with the researchers they cannot understand how could we do as a such a short time to create something but the so i've been just telling them it's possible and it's possible because when we are living together when people are joining the thing with the pure will that i will give my knowledge and share my knowledge and we will work together it's possible because normally if you go and do some kind of work with other people you have a time limits but with us we worked really 24 hours, seven days. <laughs> it's like, uh, it's like, uh, I think you guys, you were also dreaming about this thing because it's so, it, we are, we are working very effectively. And I think the main thing is that everybody has a will to do something very important. And when we put all this energy and power together, it's, it's possible. It's quite pretty amazing, but it's really possible. Do you know if there is um, any feedback that was given after after the symposiums? Do you do you remember any any of the comments or responses that people gave uh, from the community or the scientists or the artists? Yeah, I got a lot of uh, feedback also. For example, a teacher said uh, when we had these two interventions with the with the meadows and woodpaster and also the also the freshwater pearl mussels that it was a, one of the best thing they have ever done in their whole career what was like something like 25 years also to be as a teacher and the main thing was that children were so concentrated they could use the three languages Finnish Swedish and English they could meet the artists and the researchers and they could really get the knowledge like hand by hand from the researcher that what does this thing mean but at the same time develop this knowledge through the art and it it seems to be that this art could be kind of like a leverage point what shifted your idea towards the nature that you could understand really what does it mean for example the biodiversity loss it's not only that the, some researcher come and show you the video projector that this is what's happening, but when you are really doing, for example, dance or painting or touching the plants, that you really, through art, it's kind of like really changing your, your uh, understanding. Mm -hmm. 
um, this is something that I kind of go, I, I ask in um, most of the podcasts. It's um, so financial funding. How how did you manage to do it? I'm I'm asking from the perspective of if someone would like to start a symposium um, in their own local community or or place, how will they be able to do so? And and the sort of considerations that they need to think about. So because when I was there, I know that there were there were so many different elements that it wasn't just the funding. You managed to get in touch with local reporters, and then there was the exhibition in two different cities and and then obviously there is the local community that you were engaging with and there were a lot of different elements that you had to pull together that you you had to prepare months or even a year in advance before 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 actually um, executing the symposium can you bring bring us through like sort of the process or this different elements that has to be considered Yes, sure. Actually, I have brought a scientific article about that, and it's published in the Romanian art magazine. Maybe you could even find it from the internet. But the, but the, yes, uh, for me, it is that because I'm not doing these things for living, because I have my garden also. So this is uh, one very important thing that I I'm not doubting that if if I don't get salary for my job for myself i'm not starving so basically i'm doing for free willing and if i use so much energy and because like you said it is a lot of work i also want it that it will happen even i don't get any funding so basically it means that i invite artists and researchers without promising them the salary like you were also participating with your without the salary and uh, basically also all the artists and research they need to come to Finland with their own cost but what I will promise is housing and food in my case the food was growing in my garden and mainly organic food and super good but of course I needed some money also for for buy other things but it's not so much if you compare that you would you needed to take the 20 people for restaurant three times a day so it's a little bit different so it means that we were we were cooking ourselves it really helped that i had the house where i could i could uh, settle down all the artists and researchers but this is also something what now i'm doing the same thing in uh, lapland and I think the housing, it is possible to find kind of cheaper places where you could kind of have a punk beds and things like that. So it is very humble. It is very not, not five-star thing. And also the first thing what I want to do always is that I want us, because I think it's very important for the artists that the, you will have an exhibition. So I will always find the exhibition place. If I ask from the our com, com, uh, communal, from our city, I normally could, when I'm talking about community-based art, they will give me the free exhibition place. So I kind of start from there that I will explain for them what I'm going to do, that this is not something what I'm going to sell, that this is something what is helping the whole society in our city. And this is important that we can share what we have done. And so it comes from there. And of course, I do application for funding. And normally I also get, so the, basically the art tools and food, drinks, I will get some some fundings for there, but it's never guaranteed. And then I have to just decide if I don't get any funding or grants, then I will just pay by myself. So it means that I I'm always taking a risk because if I start to work as a this such a big project, it I I cannot think about it. I stop doing the things if I don't get the funding. And that's why I have created like this. And luckily it has paid, paid it because at the moment when I'm now waiting that after one month, we are also creating a new 
ICS, what is also cooperating with the researcher and artist and uh, and kind of like same same style than what we had last year except that we are i also invited the philosopher with us because i think the discussion is such a big part and i would like to more concentrate about our discuss because it's kind of like yeah i find it very fruitful and important for our team to have these discussions together so I actually got a quite good funding now. And I think it's also when you have done one time, three times, four times something, it will also pay back. So at the moment I have, I'm okay with the money. I got the very good grants. Cool. So what are concrete actions that people can take to create change? Oh, sorry. Now I don't understand. What did, what did you ask? So um, what are actions that people can take to create change? In your opinion, what do you think people can to do create, to create uh, to create exchange to create change to change something in the world? Yeah, well, these are small steps, definitely. I'm I'm not saying at all that it would be something really big, but I think at the same time, these small things are also can be like they say the butterfly wing can change the create the hurricane somewhere so it's like that when you participated in ICS something small things probably affect you and it changing your ideas so all the participants in ICS has experienced the same things maybe i never know what is the effect really for them but i i really hope there has been something and also with the feedback what i got it uh it seems to be like that at the same time when you were working as a teams in with this uh, community with the community members i think the same effect for them and kind of with the same power I, I think these children from the kindergarten, they will always remember you. Maybe one day they will go to Singapore, if possible. They will remember when I was a young boy, young girl, I met this Singaporean artist and now I'm here. So, and she teaches me these things. And so there is, there is impact, but it's not something that I would say that it has uh, we are changing the world if we don't think about it that every single person should think about their act because nobody there is not one person who could change our world maybe there are some very powerful people in the world who could do it but they yeah but anyway i think it's each of us as a members of our green globe or blue globe we need to try to harm our environmental things as less as possible and when we share the knowledge together we we are we are averning our <laughs> knowledge and also we also understand better what is our impact what what am i doing and and from there i think there is something even it's not maybe something what you can really well measure and it's not probably nothing very big, but you never know. So actually, one of the reasons I decided to do this podcast is that in the in the past year, I was in France um, working in an NGO, and that exposed me to many European projects where I was working with a lot of young people. And eco anxiety is a huge thing among among youths, among teenagers. They they realize the severity of climate change and they are lost they, they're anxious they don't they don't know what to do what what they can mm -hmm. do that is going to that is going to help with the situation that is going to be big enough to make a difference and i myself felt the same frustration that even though i'm trying to fight against certain things be it in institutions or in in com through conversations through workshops that i'm doing i just felt like we we're not going far enough and and then at, at times it gets really pessimistic and disappointing mm -hmm. also understanding the political climate and how far away we are from that but one of the reasons why i i wanted to do this podcast was also i guess in part I, i'm searching for hope and i'm i'm searching 
for good initi initiatives that people are doing on the ground, good projects that people are doing on the ground, even if change is little, but you, you don't know where, where that is going to have a ripple effect somewhere else. And yeah. This, and this I, was like probably you remember, Fia, that when we were talking about it, is every every team or group had the same thing that we wanted to. We didn't want to that our impact would be the fear that we would create more fear or this anxious that we wanted to create more hope. But like you said, also you are not so sure if it's enough. I'm I'm not either, but I don't know what else. I could do like my my talents are here. I I'm I'm good with the art. I'm good with organizing things, and uh, I think this kind of like grass level, roots level, whatever you say, it it's quite important. And these kind of things are spreading everywhere at the moment, and they've been doing that long time. And I think. I'm I'm hoping, I'm really hoping that there is impact for this and the work what we are doing, it has effect. And like we like we see, I think the knowledge has spread quite a lot anyway. If we if I think about when I was young and studied this organic farming one what we were talking in the beginning of this podcast, I can see the change already happened. Maybe not so fast, but I can see the difference when when I think about my when I was in my 20s, just 25 years ago, and when I compared the situation at the moment, I'm not saying that the, our environmental things are better at the moment than it was 25 years ago, but I can see the awareness has risen up a lot. So if there is one advice or one thing that you can say to someone who is concerned, who understands, is aware of, of the climate crisis that we are in and wants to do something, but doesn't know what to do, what, what would you tell them? I would say that uh, always work with the other people. It's very effective. This kind of uh, having a discussions with the other people who are having the same interest, like uh, uh, cooperate with people because alone it's always a very lonely job. So if you, if you could find, and I think it's easily possible in many many countries that you just need to do some searching and find the group of people and joining there share your knowledge tell them what would you like to do create something don't be don't be afraid cool. if it's if it's like art then find some kind of artist group if it's something if it's a documentary find some documentary groups if it's something else find the one what you are what you are into it and do the things what where you want to put your energy where you want to do things definitely thank you for saying this because i i had spent one year doing workshops talking about these issues and, and then what I found really frustrating was that a lot of times, it's a lot of talk but no action. So we're really good at bouncing off ideas, talking about this, critiquing that. But when it comes to actual concrete action on the ground, I, I feel like there is, there is a lot of inertia. People, people are hesitant. Like, do I really want to commit my weekend to work on this project? Do I, do I want to give up my evenings for this and that? And I think, you know, what, what you've summarized is basically have that motivation, connect with people with that this with similar purpose and motivation, but don't just do any anything that everyone else is doing, but find something that you that you like, something you enjoy, something that you're good at, and make use of your talents and what you're best at to work on something that is going to make a difference based on the purpose that you have. Mm, exactly. Yes. That's a very because when you love to do something, when you have a passion for something, you are really doing great. And you don't care about the time or effort and anything. Mm -hmm. And um, if people want to find out more about ICS or the writings or reports or documentation, where can they where can they find it? We have a webpage icsfinland.com. Uh, I'm sorry, I haven't published a lot of writings there, but it will come very soon. I hope so because all, already quite quite a few scientific articles has been published. It just mean means that I need to also also 
update our web page, but there is anywhere quite a lot of information in uh, icsfinland.com web page and also the forthcoming things what we are going to do. And and at the moment, editing our book about the last year ICS, and I can already now say that it will be quite an amazing book, and I'm very proud of all of us. Cool, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for participating in this podcast episode. Yeah, thank you, Fia, and all the best for you. Thank you. Is there any anything else that you want to share? Mm. No, I think I'm okay. I, I'm I'm hoping that the people in a, in a different countries they would really have this kind of uh, discussions with each others and cooperate more and share the knowledge because I really thing that uh, we are stronger when we are more than one person but when we are together we can create something bigger and we need to kind of put our own ego a little bit aside but that also needs a little bit ethical ethical thinking and also the like you fear remember we had this ethical discussion in our first first evening it's also quite important always when we are doing a community-based art that we also think about our impact with the ethical classes on and how do we share our knowledge and how what what that we are kind of like standing in a common ground that we all understand what means the ethical situation in community-based art cool. i will um, share the links that you have uh, in the description of the bio yeah, and uh, thank you for your time no problem <laughs> at all thanks for you to invite me here Hey everyone, thank you for listening. Special thanks to Andrea for the music. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. Catch you next episode.